I'm just a radio girl. I love things that talk to me. You LOL. I did. I truly laughed out loud. Now, this may be the dumbest thing in the whole world, but it worked on me. There's a dog chasing a train. He and Fido. Hey, Natalie, how old are you? I will pray with you now. Before you leave, I have to pray with you. I'm here for the people in the hood. You know, Jesus is my very, very best friend. Pray without ceasing, which is not some sort of so heavy I can't do it command. It is this breath of fresh air that I am involved in what God is doing in the earth today. I'm Lisa. I'm great. Everything's fine. Somebody just wrote on my Facebook page, please get your mom on Facebook. We want to be her friend. Do you want to be on Facebook? What is that? Are you on Twitter? I talked to the mailman. Is that Twitter? <laughs> Life with Lisa Williams is like a cake. Run around in the sun. Exactly. Put a sprinkler in the yard. This is life. This is this, this is this is life. 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 This is Life with Lisa Williams. Today we're going to continue with the story of Rebecca Carroll. Rebecca has been very kind to tell us her story over this entire week so that I can take a vacation up to the Grand Teton Mountains where I am currently camping with my family and friends. Pray I don't see a bear or if I do, pray it's far, far away from me and I get a good picture for you. And so I'll be back Monday with stories. And in the meantime, it's the story of Rebecca Carroll. She is a morning radio host in Dallas, Jeff and Rebecca on KCBI. And she has a website too where you can find out more about her and reach out to her and find out about her book. It's loveserveshine.com. This is part two of Rebecca's story. So if you didn't get to hear yesterday, you might want to listen to that first. So there's more of a cohesive understanding of what she has to say today in part two. I had gotten myself into a really bad relationship. And that all came to a head one night. Both of us had been drinking And I could not begin to tell you what we were fighting about, but he grabbed me by the arms and just picked me right up off the ground, shook me, and then threw me down. And my parents were coming in town the next day, and my dad, um, you know, was the first one to the front door, and he gives me this huge hug, and then he kind of takes a step back and just looks at me, and then he kind of grabs my arm and turns it over, and and there are five finger bruise marks on both of my arms, and my dad just started to cry, and you know, sat and had a really long talk about my parents or with my parents about how they they disbelieved that I was supposed to be down in Texas, and my my parents had been you know really really working on getting me down there for a long time, and and so I, I was I was in a desperate stitch situation. I stayed there a little bit longer, and then ended up driving down to Texas one morning, got woke up, didn't even know, didn't have a plan in the world to move out, but just kind of sat there, numb, broken, total alcoholic, just bulimic. I, I could not have been more of a mess, but I loved the Lord so much. And I had this little book of scripture and I opened it up and, and just started reading it. And I didn't read anything that grabbed me, but I put it down and I looked up and I noticed my suitcase on the top shelf in my closet. And I just, without really thinking, just pulled it down, started to pack and, you know, kind of packed up my room and then um, left, just drove down to Texas and got uh, 
across the Texas border and you see the big sign, it says, welcome to Texas, you're on 35. And I just was filled with joy. I mean, it was like the Lord was just pulling me into his embrace and welcoming me home. And I felt in my soul, I was where I was supposed to be. And that feeling carried me all the way to the I-35 split when I realized I didn't know where my parents lived. <laughs> so I will make a long story less long. I, I made it down there. I made it to their house in Keller. And very slowly, the Lord just began making good on his promise. And in Psalm 147, three through five, he heals the brokenhearted, yes. binding up their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. If he calls the stars all by name, he knows your name. He knows your name, Lisa. He knows my name. And so he started to minister to me. And I got a job in radio and then um, you know, got a boyfriend and, and things just, you know, the Titanic started to turn, but the alcohol was still an issue. It was very much front and center in my life. And and I slowly began going to church again, began getting plugged in, began not just reading the Bible, but really studying the Bible, really becoming a student of scripture. That was in 2000. And then a year later, I met my husband, and then we got married in 2004. And I want to fast forward a little bit to 2009, because that should have been the best year of my life. On the outside looking in, I had literally crossed every item I had off of my bucket list, and I was suicidal. So life is good, good husband, good job, living close to family, going mm -hmm. to church, and yet... I had everything on my bucket list. And, you know, it's I, I tell the story now, and I'm like, aim higher, sister. Come on, let's put some exciting things on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you didn't but, even know how to dream back then. You don't even know what to, to dream for. But, I mean, like... I want to understand, and I mean, I know someone, I know at least one friend is listening who secretly also feels that way. Like, why don't I want to live anymore? I have all these yeah. wonderful things. But was it right. was it the bondage of the alco alcoholism or what was it that was going on? Well, you know, sometimes what God will do when we are looking for happiness everywhere else, sometimes, sometimes he'll strip everything away. And, and uh, the only place you can look is up. And then sometimes, and it's equally as frightening, he will give you everything you've ever wanted and he will allow it to be as empty as it is. And, and, and when everything you want has nothing to do with the Lord, you are a vacuum of desire that can never be filled. You are dooming yourself to a life of frustration, dissatisfaction. Um, you will never be content because you are seeking fulfillment in things that only make you thirstier. And so the Lord allowed me to get to that place. And I mean, Lisa, when I was, you know, just graduating college trying to get a job, you know, I was looking for a job in radio and market 291, Topeka, Kansas. Not that there's anything wrong with Topeka, but you know, mm -hmm. I, I could not, I couldn't get a program director to call me back. Well, then I moved to Dallas and, you know, in just a few years, I'm on the number one country music morning show in the entire world. You know, I mean, we were the most listened to country morning show um, 
in the world. And, and that sounds more wow. impressive than it is because country's not big outside of America. <laughs> <laughs> but still, in the world, in the universe, it was the number one country in the whole universe. We had been winning awards. We had just won, you know, best morning show of the year from the Academy of Country Music, got to fly to the awards show, walk the red carpet, all these things. Um, you know, my bucket list also includes, included being married, having kids. I had that. The kids were healthy. My marriage was good. I was singing on the praise team at church. I was plugged in. Um, and, and everything was so empty. And one day it was my husband who sat me down and he said, here's what I see. And he said, when I met you, you were the weirdest thing ever. You were this little girl living in uptown with this radio job. And all you ever wanted to talk about was the Bible. And you were always talking about things that you'd written in your journal and something that you saw in your Bible study. And he said, and now I never see you with your Bible open. You don't have a journal. And he said, is the thing you're looking for the Lord and you just don't know it? And so, of course, he was right. And so at that time, I, I began this project of journaling through the entire New Testament. In so doing, I, I didn't find any answers. I found Jesus all over again. And He began to move in my heart and convict and, and show me areas that I was withholding from Him. And of course, alcohol was the number one thing. I hope you can listen tomorrow for part three of Rebecca Carroll's story. To find out more about Rebecca, come to lifewithlisawilliams.com. And if by chance you know someone who struggles with addiction of any kind, please consider sharing these shows with that person. A big thank you to my friends who are keeping Life with Lisa Williams rolling, even though I'm on vacation. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Devin. And thank you to executive producer Paul Goldsmith. Hashtag thanks for listening.